I used to work with someone who said, you'll never regret being too kind. And it's such a, to me, such an important thing to think about is that, you know, being humble and finding empathy for those you work with, those you work for, those you work around at any point in time is such an important part of of your career and just your life because the relationships that you make and maybe even those you leave um, may come back at some point in the future and it's great to leave them on on a good foot. Welcome to YMBA, a podcast brought to you by UCLA Anderson. I'm your host, Alex Grodnick. Today, we sit down with the Chief Digital Officer of Charles Schwab. We discuss a wide array of topics, from the benefits of finding a company to work for that aligns with your purpose, to the increasing role of women in finance. We also get plenty of actionable advice along the way. Let's get into it. Hi, my name is Nisha Hathi, and I am the Chief Digital Officer at Charles Schwab. Amazing. Welcome to the podcast, Nisha. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's start off right at the beginning. What was your dream career growing up? And how did you find your path to Schwab and to your current role there? (laughs) Well, you know, I always admire people who have like these really ambitious and very specific dreams about what they wanted to do when they grew up. I I actually never had that. Maybe because I grew up in in a very entrepreneurial family. So my parents had, you know, small businesses and real estate and they were immigrants. And so they, they kind of figured it out. So I think what I knew is that I had this real interest in finance and kind of business generally, and that I kind of liked the idea of having to figure it out. I was a problem solver. I always kind of imagined that I would be solving problems, but I thought I would be doing it, you know, kind of in probably in smaller organizations than where my career ended up taking me. I think what the interesting thing is I always had this passion around purpose, like finding something that mattered um, in people's lives. And I kind of thought, well, maybe that would lead me towards nonprofit or or some something like that. But I was happy to find a, a place where I could find purpose and kind of work in a in a more kind of a corporate setting as well. So it, it's really been, it wasn't exactly the dream, but you know, there are themes of the dream that kind of still come through. Yeah. You basically get the best of both worlds, following a purpose and also the benefits of working in a corporate setting. You also touched on something very important here, and that's the concept of finding a career that has shades of your dream within it. So many times, people get caught up in a narrow vision of what their career should be. There's also a huge advantage to dissecting your dream to understand what specifically you are interested in. From there, maybe you can widen your field of vision to allow other opportunities or other companies that may share that same bedrock. Now, back to that purpose that you identified as helping people. How does that translate to your position and your purpose at Schwab today? And have you been able to have that same purpose throughout your career? Well, you know, what's interesting, so I started my career in financial services. So, you know, I went to um, undergrad. I was actually a business major. And I I actually thought financial services was what I wanted to do. I spent my summers on the trading floor in Chicago. And I decided, wow, that's definitely not for me. Um, I found it to be not a very 
purposeful place um, and certainly um, probably not the right culture for me. And then uh, after I graduated, I tried investment banking. So I was an analyst at an investment bank. And I, again, found that while it was intellectually stimulating, I didn't find it very purposeful. So it felt rather transactional to me. And again, culturally didn't feel you know inclusive for sure and didn't feel kind of like the type of I didn't feel like I was building anything, I guess. And so after I left the investment banking, I went to business school, I decided to try some uh, technology startups. And during those technology startups, I really kind of found this purpose of really building something, constructing something, doing something that was, you know, impactful to, to people. And then someone, you know, after we sold one of those startups, Someone said, why don't you talk to Schwab? And I was really skeptical because I thought, well, that's back to financial services. I don't want to do that. I've already tried that. But I decided to kind of, you know, follow the advice and start talking to somebody. And I was really impressed at this idea that you could actually have purpose in a corporate setting, in a financial services firm, because I really felt... And maybe growing up in the entrepreneurial household, you know, where money was pretty tight in on some of those days, I felt like there was really something to be said for actually helping people get access to better financial services, especially those who weren't as wealthy or affluent. So I, I kind of fell upon this purpose, even though now I think I had it the whole, you know, I, ha- I had themes of it the whole time. But when I, I found Schwab, I was pretty skeptical. But, you know, 70, I've been here 17 and a half years. And I think it really is that purpose that I found that actually has kept me here all these years. It's really amazing when you can find a firm that you think is doing the right thing for people and where you get to build and do interesting work and grow your career, which is what I've been able to experience here. Yeah, Nisha, that sounds like a dream come true for you. That's amazing. So Nisha, I would love to hear about the role that you think an MBA has played in your career journey. Well, I think it was really important. And and for me, it's funny, I know this is debated all the time, but for me, I think it was two two things that really stand out, maybe three, but but two that really stand out. First of all, in the early days, I think it gave me credibility, instant credibility as someone who had a firm grasp on you know, just business, like, you know, economics, finance, marketing, whatever it is. I think at that very beginning, it was really important. And one of the startups that I worked at, we were kind of part of the, I'm dating myself now, but we were part of the dot-com bubble bursting. And, you know, at that time, like I had to kind of go look for a job. And I remember thinking, oh, it's really nice to have that MBA, MBA on my resume because that just gave you some instant credibility. I think the other thing it did for me is that it gave me a little bit of that internal confidence that I felt like I probably needed, especially in those early days. I mean, I remember when I um, first interviewed at Schwab, actually the first role I took at Schwab was actually kind of in title, was a step down from the role that I had at the last startup I was in. And it was an individual contributor role. And I, you know, and I was kind of, I kind of was really, I was really confident that I knew how to do the work that would be required and that I'd be excited about it. And it didn't really matter to me what the title was. And I I think if I hadn't had, you know, maybe that confidence going into it, I might've been a little bit more focused on the external and that superficial than really kind of feeling confident about the skills I brought to the table. And, you know, the role that I took, I was in for probably, you know, maybe nine months, if that, and was promoted really quickly. So it was kind of, to me, a good testament that it it gave me that that confidence. And then I would say the last one, the add-on, I would say after those two is the relationships and the network that I built. 
and I never even thought about it as a network, I would say. But if I think back to, okay, who was the person who introduced me to the first startup I ended up going to? Well, actually, it was through UCLA Anderson. And if I think about who was the person who could encourage me to talk to Schwab, it was actually another alum from UCLA Anderson. So it's kind of interesting, even though I never thought about that network very much as an explicit part of my MBA, it definitely has played a role in my career. Yeah, that is awesome to hear. The power of Anderson's network cannot be understated. So let's move on to your current position as chief digital officer. Can you take us through exactly what your job entails? Yeah, well, I mean, chief digital officer, (laughs) it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people, right? So first of all, Schwab is really a mission-driven firm, and we have a very clear objective to democratize investing to help everyone get to a better financial future. So in order to do that, right, to be able to deliver the types of services that we want to at all levels of wealth, it means that we have to have tremendous scale. And so technology and now digital, of course, plays a huge role in that. So not every company has a chief digital officer role, but about four years ago, I was asked to stand up a new enterprise and this role was created at that time, the one I'm in today. And so as our chief digital officer, I lead a team. The team is about probably about 1,500 people or so now. And we're responsible for defining and driving our digital transformation. So what that means is we work closely with all different parts of um, Schwab, whether it's our retail business, our institutional business, and we work to define what are the services, products, experiences, whatever that we should be delivering to clients. And then we work closely with our engineering team to develop and introduce those solutions to the market. So in in our team, you would find roles like product management, user experience, user research, data science, client experience. Those are the kind of roles that exist. I think the other aspect of our team is that given the pace of innovation, you know, in all over, but especially in financial services, we play a pretty big leadership role with regards to innovation. So our team has the innovation labs that support the entire company, our innovation challenges. We kind of work very closely with our R&D teams to really, you know, ensure that we are looking as far forward ahead as we can to um, to maintain the leadership position that we have in the market, but also make sure that investors, you know, get the very best of technology and um, human support when they're trying to manage their financial lives. You guys are on it. I love the forward-thinking approach. Now, let's shift our focus for a moment. You work in an industry that has historically been very male-driven. Where do you see the most opportunity for women to make an impact? And what challenges do you think they still face? Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's true. Financial services, I mean, uh, financial services and technology, like that's when you go to a conference, (laughs) that's not where you see um, a lot of women typically. But first of all, I'm very proud that my organization is actually almost equally men and women. So we we really uh, have a real explicit focus on ensuring that we have an inclusive and diverse environment. I think more broadly, you know, one of the things that we see for sure, and I think many people are, are talking about this these days, is that you know, when you look at the demographic trends in in the in the United States, women are definitely controlling more and more of the wealth. One of the the studies we look at a lot will tell you that women control about ten trillion today, and over the next ten years, that's going to triple. So thirty trillion in assets just in this country, and so 
they are playing a much bigger role in um, in making financial decisions, including investing. And so for, for us, that means that our business, our employees also have to reflect that level of diversity. And, and I just spoke about women, but that also goes to cultural diverse, diversity, racial diversity. Um, we really need to represent the clients that we want to serve. So, you know, I think, I think, yes, it has been historically a more male driven industry, but I think it's going to evolve because I think the client base is going to force that evolution. You know, there are, there for sure are still challenges. The pandemic for sure brought some challenges. It was a really, and has been a really challenging time for a lot of women in the workforce. And I, I do worry a little bit about the long-term impacts of the pandemic on, on women in the workforce and the progress that's been made. But I think we're kind of, you know, turning a corner with regards to diversity in this industry, because I think that the client and the wealth is taking us there. So it's it's a really important topic and one that I know I advocate for very um, heavily inside and outside of Schwab. Well, it's very reassuring to hear that someone like you in a leadership role is advocating so passionately for diversity and change within the sector. Now, speaking of these new or younger investors, what's your advice to those just getting started with investing? Yeah, well, you know, I gosh, Schwab was built, you know, on an idea that anyone could could become an investor and take control of their financial lives. And it doesn't really matter who you are or how old you are or where you come from or how much money you have. Um, and so what I always say to people is just get started. And that can be daunting and frightening and not know people not always know where to start. But just getting started while you're young and, and experimenting a little bit is really valuable. You learn a lot by just getting invested. You know, one of the things that, you know, we live in a time where it's a lot about, you know, meme stocks and day trading and cryptocurrency. And we could we could talk all day about that, too. But I think, you know, understanding the basics of investing are really important. And one of the things I'm a big advocate for is financial planning. Now, financial planning sounds like this very old school term, but basically it's just kind of being able to put a plan on paper that helps you understand, you know, what are your goals? What are you actually trying to accomplish? And how how are you going to get there? How much money do you need to make? How much do you want to spend? What are the things that are going to, you know, satisfy you um, during your lifetime? How are you going to pay for, you know, your kid's college education if that's what you want to do? And putting that all together into a holistic plan is really impactful. One of the, we, we look a lot at, you know, confidence when it comes to our investors and our clients that we serve. And when clients do a financial plan, they tend to not only be more confident, so almost 90% will tell you they feel more confident with the plan, but they actually tend to have just higher net worth. Um, and, you know, you could you could talk about whether that's causation or correlation, but we see a very strong correlation between financial planning and those have that have higher net worth. And I don't think that's accidental. I think the other thing that happens when planning, especially if you do it with a significant other, if you're married, your spouse, whatever, it, it's a really a powerful way to get on the same page as to what you want your life to become, because it's not really you know, I always say money is much more about the heart than it is about the head. And it really is important to figure that out. And the sooner you can figure it out, the better. So the last thing I would add is, you know, there are, because, and as a chief digital officer, I sometimes laugh when I say this, but it doesn't all have to be digital either. And I think for some people, investing is, you know, intimidating enough that they want to talk to somebody. And um, that's one of the things I actually love about, about Schwab and our business model is that, you know, you can have, 
very little wealth. You could just be starting out and you can have someone to talk to. If you want to talk to a certified financial planner and really get your you know, financial plan in order and you don't have a lot of wealth, that's okay. We um, Someone will, can, can help you get started. And digital can be really helpful. And for some people, that's where they want to start. And that's also where they want to end. But I do think when it comes to something as complex and intimidating for some people as investing, it's really helpful to have both um, digital and human support. Absolutely. That's great that you offer those options for customers. Now, transitioning back to your career, what's your advice for people who are just getting started in their own careers or considering continuing their education with an MBA? Yeah, well, you know, I think my advice for someone who's kind of early on in getting started is first of all, building self-awareness. So, you know, understanding what your values are, like, you know, what what matters to you, what gets you going, um, what motivates you, what are you passionate about? And then also trying to figure out what are you good at? Um, and and finding looking for opportunities that are at the intersection of what gets you going and what you're good at. I think is a really can be a really powerful combination. The other thing I would say is just work hard and be open-minded. I mean, I have had, you know, I've been at Schwab for 17 years. I think I'm in my 12th or 13th job. So, well, 17 years sounds like a crazy, even to me, by the way, a crazy amount of time to be at a single company. I feel like I've been at many companies and have, and, and had so many roles. And part of the way that that happens is just being open-minded about new opportunities, taking risks, like trying something that maybe you're not sure if you know how to do exactly. I think if you work hard and you have, you know, build a good reputation and build a good network, um, I think that's, that's something that you're able to do is take risks. Um, and I think it's a really important part of, of growing and learning as a human, um, but also growing, um, your career. I couldn't agree more. Great things never come from comfort zones. Now I'm curious, Nisha, being in a leadership position, What are some of the key traits or capabilities that you look for in a potential hire? Yeah, well, hiring is certainly, I mean, recruiting talent, I would say, is a really big priority always um, as a leader. Um, And you're kind of always doing it, whether you have an open role right on your, you know, on your team at the moment or not. I would say I almost always will prioritize skill and will over specific experience. So I think, you know, we live in a world right now where learning agility and that willingness, that intellectual curiosity and that ability to just get up a learning curve is so valuable, but that takes skill and it takes will. So critical thinking, things like that. I'm also um, a true believer in the power of diverse teams. So if I, you know, when I think about, I've had the opportunity to build a lot of leadership teams over the years and Um, When I think about the teams that I build and that I strive to kind of mature and develop, they are comprised of a lot of diversity, both the kind you can see and the kind you can't. And then creating a trusted space for that team to have that spirited debate and then get on the bus together. And so that takes a certain kind of those take that takes a certain kind of team member. Um, So it takes people who will put the team before their the team's agenda before their own agenda that has a passion, you know, for the team's objectives and really, you know, want to build and contribute um, in a bigger way than what their, you know, their own agenda might define. So those are some of the things to look for that I really look for. And then finally at Schwab, um, I think it's just critical that we continue to find, um, and luckily we do continue to find people with passion for our purpose. Um, I think that it's just so 
powerful when you really believe and really care about what the mission of the company is. And uh, I think democratizing, investing and making, you know, helping everyone get to better financial outcomes, luckily is a really powerful purpose, but it's a, it's a key attribute that I look for when I'm um, recruiting new talent to the firm. Love that. Finding people that share a passion for the same purpose. I can sense how strongly you feel about the causes that you champion, and it's inspiring. Now, speaking of inspiration, are there people who have or continue to inspire you? Oh my gosh, I'm inspired by all kinds of people. You know, it's funny, I sometimes think when people ask that question, you, you know, you're expected to say like some, you know, big, powerful leader. Um, and I feel like you can be inspired by anyone. You can be inspired by your team, you know, people you work with. My kids, I'm inspired by my kids. My parents stand out to me, I would say. You know, they are they are immigrants. They kind of, you know, had to, they had to put in the work to make a good life for their family and just all the sacrifices they made and kind of how they raised us is really, I find that very inspiring. And like, I, I, uh, I actually, if we were on video, I would show you that the um, little, I have a little figure at my desk. It's always at my desk, which is my RBG, my Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, action figure, because she's also someone who inspires me. And I would say, you know, leaders like like RBG inspire me because not only of, of the sacrifices they make and what they've accomplished, but the way that they lead, because I think that, you know, there are certain leaders that lead with a lot of grace and they're persistent and I think they're humble and kind, um, but they can accomplish a lot. And I think those are probably the leaders that really stand out and inspire me the most. I love this concept of looking for opportunities at the intersection of what gets you going and what you are good at. This seems so elementary, but thinking back to my personal education and upbringing, I was never asked to frame a potential career in this manner. It was always, what do you want to be when you grow up? Whereas after this conversation with Nisha, I now believe the question should be, what mission is important to you and what are your values? Nisha thought she would work in a nonprofit because of her mission for helping people. But she found that intersection of her core values in a corporate setting. Think about the career that you dream of having. Now deconstruct that and find out why that career in particular. Chances are that you will find a core value that many other jobs and careers share and which you had never considered before. Simply put, this will widen your net and lead to much more success and fulfillment in your life. It was also very interesting to hear about how Charles Schwab as a company is evolving because its client base is evolving. Nisha mentioned that the amount of wealth that women control in this country is going to triple over the next decade. That's simply amazing. It was also very reassuring to hear about all the additional benefits that a diverse team can offer. Just like with the increase of women in the financial field, companies are going to have to evolve to reflect their client base. This gives me so much hope that the increase of diversity across our career landscape, from corporate America to the entertainment industry, is not temporary, but here to stay. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. Stay with us this season on YMBA for many great stories to come. And be sure to check out Anderson on social media at UCLA Anderson. Mm-hmm.